Yo, 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 this your boy Party All Weekend, and you tuned into the world's illest podcast. Podcast with one eyed Willie. Let's go. This is Willie. One eyed Willie. Say hi, Willie. You are now tapped in with Through My Eyes with One Eye. One eyed Willie. Through My Eyes with One Eye. The world's illest podcast. Hey, this your boy, Ill Will. Make sure y'all tap into the world's in this podcast. podcast. The world, it was, it was, it was. It's back in full effect with another dope-ass episode. Today on season three, episode two, I have the talented singer, songwriter, Brazy Brook with me here in the studio. Brazy Brook hails from Knoxville, Tennessee, where she began singing and writing music at a very, very young age. In 2017, Brazy Brook felt she was ready to pull the trigger on recording music professionally, so she dropped her first single and managed her own career until she later met the homie J-Hood and YSF. From there, Miss Brook would go on to win talent shows, receive multiple musical accolades, performing on the news, and singing at the national, singing the national anthem at the Cyclist Olympics. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a nice and warm welcome to the lovely Miss Bracey Brook. What up, what up, what up, Yo, what up? yo, 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 what's good, everybody? It's your girl, Brazy Brook, and I am in the building. That's good, that's good, doing? I'm good, man. <laughs> good evening, how you been doing tonight? I've been doing pretty awesome. What about yourself? Man, smooth, man, laid back, man. You know, had a busy day today, man. Got up, the kids had all <laughs> type of sporting events to go to, so you know. Oh, that's dope. That's <laughs> you know dope. what I mean? I was running around all morning, man. Started with volleyball, then basketball. Then my son, nice. he had a basketball game that night at 6, so they still out there. They got Jay-Z. Any track stars? Jay-Z. Bar- man, I'm trying to get my um, my, my, my daughter who yeah, was in I used to run, track. to run track. <laughs> you know what I mean? She keep playing. I'm like, yo, girl, you got to run some track. Get out there and do your thing. You know Thanks. what I mean? But, um, you know, it is what it is. We're going to get her to that, man. Um. I know you had to travel to gear. How was the trip? The trip was smooth. It was real, real smooth. Um, I drove four hours and then went to sleep for the last hour, you know. I had hood job the last hour. I was like, oh, I'm tired. Take a nap. But other than that, it was pretty cool. The trip down here was cool. <laughs> That's what's up. How long did it take for y'all to get down here? Like five hours and 45 minutes. Oh, man, that ain't bad. That ain't no bad nah. trip at all. Nah, it's not mm. bad. Not nah. that bad. Not that bad. Nah, I'll keep... Uh, keep on coming down here, man, doing your thing. Um, how long, how often um, do you and Jay Hood link up and y'all travel and do shows? Um, well, usually we try to link up at least twice a month uh-huh. at the most. And when I go down there, I'll stay down there for like a week or two. And it's usually me going to North Carolina because he has a lot of business to take care of down there. Yeah. And when I'm in Atlanta, like, we'll just talk to each other about the shows. If I got a show or something, I'll send him a flyer. We'll talk about it and stuff. He'll cheer me on. He always, like, even if it's till, like, 2 a.m., he'll check up on me, make sure I got home safe mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, so that's what's up right it's there. It's pretty dope. Always having somebody good. Some, having somebody like that in your corner is always good, man. Nice. So um, much love for that. Um, but I wanted to ask before we got that, before we got started, any famous artists or anybody um, from the city? Um, not that I know of, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that you know of, huh? Yeah. You're going to be one of the first stars from Knoxville, Tennessee to come through, right? Heck yeah, but I won't be the last. 
Let me start by saying this podcast is sponsored by Holy Water Lemonade. Are you looking to lead a healthier lifestyle? If so, Holy Water Lemonade provides just that. By using organic products from the earth, Holy Water is making a difference in the world by healing the body through Mother Nature. Order yourself a pack today at holywater.com and start feeling better tomorrow. Now, let's get back to the show with the home girl, Brazy, Brazy Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brazy Brooke, I saw you linked up with Floater and you shot the video to hell of it. How was it working with Floater and the FYM staff? And also talk about the song and the meaning behind that record. Okay, I want to start off by saying working with Floater was like working with someone who could see exactly what I was saying, like okay. could see my exact vision. Like it was crazy at first. Our original idea was to go to this park and we were kind of going to go for like a Brent Fires, like old school, like, you know, how he does his videos, uh -huh. kind of like old school styles, vintage looking videos. But as we were walking, Floda was like, that parking lot with all those leaves over there, that would be dope. And at first I was looking at it and I was like, you know, that would be, that would be like dope to shoot. He was like, yeah, you just vibing out. I'm like, yeah, me just vibing out. And it was his idea to do like the little transition to like the city. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's I definitely understand. like, it was definitely the best experience ever. I recommend anyone, especially if you're just getting started to go and holla at Flota, like literally his quality, like he doesn't get enough credit for the quality of videos that he produces for how much he charges for right. people. Like, you know, like it's crazy, it's but it was awesome. Right, right. Yeah. We won't have the means to just, you know, gain access to him pretty soon. He's going to be... Facts. You know I mean? He's yeah. going to have a certain level of clientele he's only rocking with. So, anything after now. So, I, I would suggest anybody get in with him now. Because going forward, uh -huh. it's not going to be the same. So. What, what Fat Joe say, uh, today's <laughs> price ain't the same as <laughs> yesterday's <laughs> price. Hey, for y'all who don't know, that's Jay hood He's in the building, man. So he's gonna be tapping in too. So if you want to, you feel free to swing the mic up to Jay hood He's a serial entrepreneur, man. You know he has multiple businesses. Uh, he has his own record label, YSF Records. He has his own clothing line, YSF Clothing. His daughter even has her clothing line as well. <laughs> Not only that, he has a hot shot trucking business, and he also has a commercial cleaning business. We're gonna get into some more with Jay Hood too, but you know we're gonna we're gonna tap in with Brazy Brook. But I just wanted to let y'all know he is in the building. Um, now I also saw you came into the studio down here. Uh, y'all linked up with Slick, and you even linked back up with Flo. Uh, are we expecting a new visual coming shortly? Man, what many new visuals and experience. I wouldn't even call them visuals. I'll call them experiences because okay. each of them will be their own experience. Most definitely. And um, back to what you were saying about hell of it. Uh -huh. um, floating them are definitely, I would definitely tap in. Most definitely. Awesome. Very awesome to work with. And just um, hell of it itself. I kind of got the inspiration. Well, not kind of. I did get the inspiration from basically... You know, you have people who support you. You have people who support you when other people support you. Then you have people who support you in your face, behind your back type thing. And I kind of wanted this song to be a statement of like, like regardless of anything, I'm on my own wave. I'm with me. Like I'm vibing, rocking out by myself. Like if people are rocking, they're rocking. If they're not, they're not. And it is what it is. Like I'm doing me and I wanted to kind of, 
show my personality by dancing in it and yeah, you know yeah. like letting loose and vibing and my little vibing style you mm -hmm. know nothing too much like just being me authentic you know That's what's up i see you stay in the ysf in the videos too Facts. Um, what I wanna say it was one of the videos you had the little you had the red joint on with the YSF. Oh yeah, that, that was safe. Oh yeah, the safe video. Heck that yeah. was definitely hard. Um, now as I was surfing the internet, I noticed the that I noticed the butterfly emoji on a lot of your posts, even on your name, all all <laughs> of that. Is that a part of your brand? Um, and for you, what does that butterfly represent? So it definitely is a statement to my brand, most definitely. And to me, it's just kind of like being free. I was at a caterpillar, a caterpillar stage, I would say. Um, and I'm just now kind of like coming out of my cocoon and really just embracing like the true beauty of myself, of my inner self, like all of that. So it's, yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> before then, I didn't have, like, the butterfly emoji all by my name. Like, I, you know, I was into butterflies and whatnot. Like, it always yeah. meant something to me. But I never really stamped that into my brand up until recently. So I was like, so, you know, this is something that's really a statement to me. I got to tat it on my body. That's so, all. You know. I noticed that, you know, I, I seen the fans. They put in the butterfly in the comments. <laughs> you like, you dropped the butterfly. Yeah. I was like, yo, got to be some, some type of significance with that butterfly. So I wanted to... Um, I wanted to say something to that and mention the flow to let's take another commercial break hey flow let them know what you got going on at fym man yo it's flow from fym also known as flex your mind llc here on through my eyes with one eye willie we offer high quality visuals at affordable prices whether you're associated with a business needing a commercial a promo video for an event or an artist needing a music video you can contact fym for the job Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram to check our workout at Flex Your Mind LLC. That's at Flex Your Mind LLC. And we out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the homie Jay Hood and as Brazy Brooks said, make sure you tap in with Florida and FYM right now. And we are back to the show with Brazy Brooks. Now, on this show, I often like to give my listeners an opportunity to get some background information on the guests that I, that I have on my show. So we're going to take it back a little bit, get some background information on you, then we're going to get on into everything else. Right, um, nice. Now, I stated earlier that you're from Knoxville, Tennessee. Can you give uh, a brief history on your uh, upbringing and life in general growing up in Knoxville? Um, <clears throat> I would say I don't... Um speak too much on it just because I mean with the circumstances given uh -huh. things were the best that they could be but I can't deny and say that I didn't have like really good times like I loved when I would spend time outside as a kid like I remember going into the woods playing zombie yeah. tag like all the time you feel me like you yeah. know like having like it was crazy it was like you know everybody was like in their own little cities but everybody all the kids knew each other in the apartment you know in those days okay and um, growing up in, it was easy in the beginning as I was growing up, but like as I got older, it seemed like the generations that were coming after me were getting more reckless and like, you know, it, a lot of gun violence had went down, especially like during COVID and a lot of gun violence has been increasing and a lot of, you know, things have been going on. And I just feel like it's because like a lack that's there, whether it's like support, I feel like it's like support and, you know, just like, it's a lot of talented kids that as you can see, I'm one of them. It's yeah. a lot of talented kids that come from there who have lost their lives, you know, by 
And it's, I'm talking 14, 13, 12-year-olds, like people my brother's age. Like yeah. my brother's school has been shut down multiple times for it. Oh, wow. They're wilding out there, huh? Facts. And so, like, you know, now it's kind of, I would say that it's kind of like getting a little crazier, but I've since moved. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't move back, but I'm definitely, I definitely do plan on putting my hands back in there and, you know, doing something. That's what's up right so. there, most definitely. That's good, Facts. Man. Good thing you got up out of that match. Nah, but it was it was decent though. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it gave me a lot of opportunities. So, so how would you say growing up in Knoxville um, affected who you are today? Um. Well, not Knoxville, really. but just your upbringing. Period. How would you say it affected? <clears throat> oh, you uh, well, definitely. I would say more so recently, like um, my junior year of high school. I would say was the time that I transitioned into being who I am now. So it took a while, it took a very long time. I did struggle with depression and being suicidal and you know, just a lot <laughs> of different things mm -hmm. that um, a lot of people go through who they don't either speak on or it's ignored in their family, you right. know? And um, it's sad to say, but that's prominent in a lot of black homes. You yeah, know, a lot yeah. of abuse and a lot of different things go overlooked because it's like normalized and a lot of things that, you know, kids would, they're like afraid to speak on certain things. So I kind of come from, well, I don't kind of, I come from that. And, you know, now, um, as I transition to who I am now as kind of free spirited, um, I'm going more natural. Like I want to promote being more natural, like being who you are, like it's okay to step outside your box and that like, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what the labels you are given, like that doesn't make you, that doesn't make you who you are. You can be whatever you want to be. Like dreams do come true. So more like Erica Badu vibes. You can be Erica Badu vibes. Facts. Now I was like an awakening. Like one day I was like, okay, I, I done live my life. I already established. I don't want to live here. I've already tried to, you feel me, do what it is. And obviously God is keeping me here for a reason. So I'm going to choose to be happy. Like I'm not going to be sad anymore. And that's kind of like the journey that it's been. And it's been a good couple of years. <laughs> that's what's up. Now I passed through Knoxville a couple of times. Um, and I never, but I never had the opportunity to hang out out there in that area. Is it a mixed city? And what is the vibe like out there for, for, for the downtown down? Downtown Knoxville is definitely a vibe. Like, yeah. if anybody goes to Knoxville, you got to go to downtown Knoxville because that's, like, the vibe. We got Gay Street. That's, like, we got an um, old-time theater down there. We got all our theaters, all the ice cream shops, the bars. Like, it's actually a pretty dope city. The University of Tennessee is right smack dab in okay. downtown. Man, so, yeah, like, all the university parties, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, it'd be oh, lit. That's right. you, okay, so it's a, uh, it's a college town then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's popping. That's um, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning went to Tennessee. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up right there. Peyton Manning. That's my uh, favorite quarterback, man. I like Peyton. You know, but uh, Tom Brady the goat. But anyways, um, now I grew up a military brat, and uh, I had an older sister. What was your family structure like when you were you an only child, or did you have other uh, siblings? Nah, so um, I do have two siblings. One of them I don't see as often. That's on my dad's side. But um, my little brother, JJ, yeah. <laughs> so I was a big sister. So you the oldest? Yeah, okay, I am. So you fall, okay, so that's what's up. You the oldest. Yeah. Now, growing up, did you, 
uh, growing up, what did your parents do for a living um, to provide to provide the necessities for you and your sister? Now, I know earlier you stated you was my brother. Kind of, a, it was kind of a, a rough upbringing, but you know, I just kind of wanted to, you know. You said sister it was my brother. Your brother? No, I was saying, what did your mother? I'm sorry. Oh. What did your mother and father do for a living? What did you see your mother and father do for a living? Um, oh, so my dad, um, my dad wasn't around, okay. but my mom was around, and she was a beaut a beautician. That's my, uh, that's my GoPro. My bad. It's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what you're breaking. <laughs> but um, nah, my mom was, my mom did everything. She was a beautician. She worked in healthcare. Um, she ended up, now she's working at the Highlander, which is like a freedom fighting place. And okay. she was also really encouraging. Like my mom was part of the reason how I got really into, um, I guess people nowadays label it as spirituality, but uh -huh. I don't really have a label for it because, yeah. you know, it's just is what it is. But um, she was the one who kind of directed me down that route. But, yeah, she was in beauty school, uh, worked in healthcare. Like, to me, my mom did everything. She was a superhero. Like, she did her best. Now, uh, growing up, most kids want to be all sorts of things. For Brazy Brooke, growing up, what did you want to be? And did you know that you will always end up being a musician? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I always knew I was, was going to be like, yeah, facts. I have videos on YouTube, actually, from like years, years ago, with me singing and dancing. I'm like nine, ten years old. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, what I wanted to go to school for was uh, robotics engineering. Oh, for robotics engineering? Yeah. That's what's up right there, man. That's yeah, computer science, computer robotics, like AI and like... I've always been like a techie nerd and pretty good with it. So that's what's up right there. Now yeah. speaking on uh, speaking on you being a musician, um, when you were younger, did anyone in your family sing or do music that you watched? Um, other than my grandmother, no, not that I know of. My nana actually back in her day, she was in a, a girls group mm -hmm. and she used to rock the fro. <laughs> that's so. what's up. Yeah. Okay, so you channel you channeling in some of that from from them. Rocking yeah. Heck yeah. That's what's up. My grandfather, he was in the traveling, uh, a traveling band as well, uh, the Southern Travelers. They nice. were like a gospel group, so they used to travel and do their thing too as well. Um, so who can you remember who introduced you into the world of music? Uh, I'll say my mom, because she played like a lot of old school. Like that's all I listened to, like Keisha Cole, um, Marvin Gaye, like all her, all her era and my grandmother's era, mm -hmm. she would play that. So that's all I would listen to. Like Keisha Cole, Love, that song, I would sing that song. Bro, when I got, when my mom first showed me that song and like I learned it, my mom said I would literally sing that song all day long for days, like singing that. And that's when she kind of knew like, oh yeah, I was yeah. going to be something with music. That's what's up. Um, so you was doing your thing at an early age. You jumped into it. It's kind of like what we did with my daughter. Uh, we used to play. Uh, we played a, a Amy Winehouse song for her. You know what nice. I mean? So um, it was. It was. I can't remember what song it was, but now when it comes on and stuff, she kind of you know will move to that to that tune or whatever. Facts. So, um, church. Now that's something that most black families they hold in high regard. And most times, most artists who I speak with, they get some time, but they, they get most of their first experiences of the music art form in church. Now, on a scale of, on a scale of one to ten, how important was church, um, and did you grow up singing in the church choir? 
zero. <laughs> That's right. You just said spirituality. So your mother, well, so what was your mother? Um, well, nah, my mom was Christian. Like, um, I mean, for me, I never, as a child, like I would go to church for like the snacks and yeah. to like see friends and stuff like that. Right. It was never, I never um, really connected yeah. with the typical or traditional black like churches or right. churches in general, like yeah. anything in general, I really didn't. That's crazy. I had a conversation a lot nowadays too about like uh, the black church and how like a lot of the uh, younger black individuals don't really believe into the, you know, fall down that whole, that, you know, the black church path because of so much <laughs> stuff that has taken place in there. Now that's a whole nother topic. So we won't get into that. We won't get into all of that. Not heck uh, yeah. But we did at one point, but once my mom started being more in touch with her ancestors, mm -hmm. um, church, like we didn't really go to church and she never forced anything on me. Like mm -hmm. if I, I, I was still going to church, like as a kid growing up, but it was never for like, I went there for like the snacks and stuff, but she never stopped me from going. Like I'll get dressed up and go. Now, you said something interesting for me. You said your mother got in touch with her ancestors. Can yeah. you elaborate on that a little bit? <laughs> so, um, my mom, she has went through a lot. Like, she was dealing with um, an abusive relationship for, like, most of my life. Mm -hmm. So, that's all I really was exposed to. That's why I don't too much like to talk about childhood. Yeah, yeah. So, um, really, it was, she, she just, like, felt stuck. Like, she didn't understand why she was feeling this way, why for 17 years she allowed someone to treat her how she treated. And um, she was just trying different methods of prayer, I believe. I can't really testify to it. I just remember one day she just, like, was, like, different. Like, she was just different. She was reading more books. Um, she would start talking to me more about, like, my ancestors and tell me that I need to start praying to my ancestors or she would tell me a book that I should start reading or mm -hmm. like, you know, like little things like that. And um, she would really push like the belief, even though sometimes, you know, parents get mad at you and stuff like that and say things. She really instilled in me to love myself, even though I didn't realize it at the time, like now I do type thing. And that's something that like she was really big on was like, love yourself, prioritize yourself and stuff like that. And she really wasn't talking like that until she got into like her roots and her people. And that's kind of where she is now. And that's kind of so, where I am uh, now. Now, so when you say roots and people, can you, who, who, who what, what group? So I don't know the specific um, tribe, but my grandmother is Cherokee Indian and I don't know what the specific tribe is. She knows all okay. of that because she's like super, okay. super deep. What, okay. But I'm not as deep as she is. So, yeah, I'm more so. on the um, subconscious and like mental evoluting evolu side of things. Like I still do pray to my ancestors that I know, like my uncle that passed before. So American, that's what's up, man. You indigenous to this. <laughs> that's what's up right there. That's, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. That's super deep. Um, now, education. Another thing that, you know, uh, we kind of deem important um, uh, is education. Uh, what high school did you attend and what was the environment in your high school like? I attend West High School and I attended West High School. And honestly, like, I was the popular loner. Like, I was the popular loner. Like, everybody knew me because I was dressing crazy. Like, I would put on whatever I wanted. I had to throw out. Like, I was like the popular loner. I talked to everybody on my birthday. 
I, brought, I told my mom to bring cupcakes and I passed it out to people I like never talked to ever. Yeah. Like people I seen sitting at the table by themselves, I went and passed yeah, out cupcakes. Yeah, for my birthday type thing. Like I was that kid in school. Yeah. Papa Lalona. That's yeah. good right there. What year did you graduate? 2019. <laughs> what type of what, would, what type of student would you say you were um, in school? Were you one of those people who excel high in school, or did you just do enough to get by so you could graduate? Um. You say at first, at first, I did excel like in the beginning, mm -hmm. but things got kind of tough around my junior year, and at that point, it was just kind of like after after some things happened, and I wasn't able to um go through with uh paper. My mom had missed a meeting for some paperwork stuff, so I wasn't able to qualify for um, certain little scholarships that I wanted to do with like track and stuff, yeah. and I didn't have like the correct information on my thing. So like after that, I was just kind of like. If I, if I just, as long as I get a diploma, like, I don't really care for none of the school stuff. I don't, it's, it never really suited me because I felt like I don't need it. I feel, I, I encourage anybody to definitely go to school and pursue, like, you know, a career in technology or if you want to be a doctor or, like, a lawyer. But me personally, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a waste of money. Like, you don't need school to make you know, money. Like, I've been looking at a lot of different billionaires and, like, millionaires, and some of them do have degrees, but some of them say that they dropped out and then they went back to school type shit, yeah, you know? Got it, you know yeah, like... A lot of times you don't necessarily have to have a degree just to go out here and get some of this, get to get some money, you know what no. I mean? So, make a smart investment. Literally, I wish I knew good. about getting the LLC and all types of different stuff earlier, because I would have done it. I would have, you know what I'm saying, been a bit, you know what I'm saying? Man, man. It's crazy little things, but, you know, I'm still 21, so I can start now. There's nothing wrong with starting now. You could be 40 and start right now. Oh, and still get to it. Facts. Now, other than school and academics, um, I see that you was involved in track. Um, any other things outside of track? Uh, uh, yeah, I was in the choir. You was in the school choir? <laughs> yeah, I was in my school choir. And um, other than that, like, just pursuing my own individual career. Now, was your school predominantly black or was it a mixed school? It was a mixed school. Okay. Right there, so you gotta make school right there. Yeah. That's dope right there. Um, over the past weekend I spoke with my cousin, um, and we, we talked about his experience um joining a fraternity and going to a HBCU versus life at a regular college or university. Mm -hmm. And um you know, I had that we was having that conversation. I was like, yo, man, I kinda wish I went to a HBCU, man. It was popping. He showed me pictures of when he cracked for when he crossed, you know, <laughs> so on and so forth. Um, for you, you kind of already mentioned it, but I want to uh, kind of go back to it. after high school and you, after high school and you graduated, was going to college something to, to further your education, something that was on your mind? Or did you yeah, it was. Um, cool. I went to a community college for a semester and uh, what I initially wanted to pursue was robotics engineering. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to get in robotics, specifically AI, um, dealing with computer science and they made me take an engineering course, like for all of them. Like I had to take all the courses, well, just like the basic engineering courses. And then the next year you could go into whatever specifics. And like, I went there for the first semester and I was like, yeah, nah, this is over with. And I just stopped going. So. <laughs> yeah, I just stopped going. I was like, no, this is a waste of time. Yeah. Why am I studying something that I don't even like, this is, I should be in computer science or doing like something down that lane. I shouldn't be doing doing the basis of all engineering because it's not like this is mostly mechanical stuff yeah. 
you know. I kind of feel stupid because I went and got a degree in television <laughs> production, and you know what I mean. I don't have to. You don't have to have a degree in television production. You know what I mean. Pick up the damn camera, <laughs> figure out how to use it, and there you go. So now I'm in debt. You know what I mean for school for something. I could have just learned on my own and went out there and made some bread. So it was either should have been a different type of degree field. Or, you know what I mean, just got to... Nah, I think your degree field was perfect. I think what you did was perfect. If you feel like it was a mistake or something that, you know, you wish you didn't do, I hope you don't regret it. And definitely look at it as like a learning experience because the knowledge that you do know, now you're a teacher. So you can go out here and teach these young people and prevent them from buying, you know, doing it that way, prevent them from having to go and spend money. So it's a blessing. Yeah. And you feel me? And you can't, you ain't, you got the, you got the thing to prove it. You know what I'm saying? Pull up the paper. Definitely. You really got to start flexing your muscle. Facts. Most definitely. You got the paper. Like people saying they this and that, but they ain't got the papers, though. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. Now, before we get into your music career, let's take another commercial break. Hey, Leo Carver, let them know about that book you just dropped, Growing Consciousness. Hey world, it's Leo Carver, author of Growing Consciousness, A Gardener's Guide to Seeding the Soul, out in stores now, everywhere books are sold, so make sure you go pick that up. And you tuning in to the world's illest podcast with my day one, one eye Willie, and we got a message for y'all. It's time to get right, get your health together, cultivate your own food, your own mind, and your divine spirit. Stay positive and keep growing, y'all. Peace. Without, you know, without getting into any more, man, let's get into your music career. Um, <laughs> Razy Brooke, at what point in life did you know you wanted to get into the music? Um, I would say my seventh grade year in a high, in, no, my seventh grade year in middle school. That's when he was, can you name or uh, think of a particular event or song that made made you make that decision that you wanted to do music? I started singing the national anthem at the basketball games. Okay. Yeah. And that kind of, like, that kind of made me want to pursue, at first I thought I wanted to be just like a vocalist, like somebody who covered people's songs or, like, sang national anthem at, like, football games. So that's what I was really aspiring for at first before, like, I realized, like, you know, I think people would probably like me if I was singing or doing something. So let me put my toes in this and see what happens. And I made my first song in the garage band in high school. I dropped it. Everybody in my high school went crazy. Because listen, we had like a whole marketing strategy set up. So it was this popular guy named Trey from this other high school. So I got him to be like the quote unquote boyfriend in the video. So all the girls was going crazy because he was like the popular basketball dude. And <laughs> Like, it was crazy, like, the, like, the marketing for it was amazing, but, yeah, that's kind of, like, what pushed me to be known as, like, Brazy Brook and Knoxville. Now, when you first jumped in and you started doing the national anthem at school, were you nervous going out there in front of your school performing and everybody? No. <laughs> now, was it, how, how big was your school? Pretty big? Or was yeah, it, it was a lot of people. So you weren't worried about just natural. natural yeah, like, it wasn't. That's what's up right there. It wasn't scary. I, I was more excited, like. If I was nervous, it was more like an excitement of nervousness uh -huh. because it's like, dang, all these people are finna hear me saying they are finna like my, uh, excuse me, all, all of these people finna hear me saying they are finna love my voice 
and they all gonna see that I can sing. This probably gonna get everybody talk about me. Everybody gonna like me. It's gonna be popular, like all of that. <laughs> That's what's so up. Right there. Now, uh, before I ask my next series of questions, how long have you been recording music professionally? Oh, since recently. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. So when you say just recently, what's recent? Uh, working with Hood, uh, working with Kip, KP, coming up here, working with Slick, like, yeah, that's, that was professional. It's okay. That's the only person that I could think that comes close to that quality of music that I had back then was, um, this producer in Knoxville called Kevin the Maker, uh -huh. but he was more like an old school, like he made all his beats from scratch, and that's like a lot of like old school music that I had. Now before, okay, so before we say professionally, how long had you been recording music, putting out music? Uh, for a year. I did it in 2020. Okay. So you just recently, you really, really knew getting started, right? Yeah. That's what's well, like in the 2019 going into 2020. Now, do you prefer to write your own lyrics or are you open to bringing in writers to help with the creative process? I would definitely be open to writers um, coming in and helping with the creative process, but I tend to... Um, I tend to have my own way of like creating things and it's kind of just based off how I feel mm -hmm. and what I want the song to, what message I'm trying to send or what vibe I'm trying to send. Like if I was somebody on the outside looking in, listening to what you're saying, like, are you going to say, tell a story in a way that'll make sense from somebody on the outside looking in? Like, how can I make this relatable in a way, but still get across everything that I want to get across type thing. So, so it's a deep like, process. That's kind of like my next question. I was going to ask you, um, Describe your writing and creative process um, <laughs> when you were an EP or album mode. Okay, um, so I'll listen to a bunch of different beats, and as I'm listening to the beats, I'll kind of like, like hum along a melody that I want. So once I got the melody down or kind of like the rough draft of what I feel, okay, I'll go, all right, when I listen to this beat, what's the first thing I might get? Am I might get a melancholy vibe? Am I get like a hype vibe? Am I getting like in my feelings vibe? Is it in my feelings, but can I make it hype? Is it a melancholy, but can I make it like more like in my feelings, but not too melancholy because I don't want it to be like too dark, but can I incorporate some dark things, but also make it like light? Is there, how am I going to put some metaphors and how I'm going to make my words sound slick without being too repetitive or saying too much of the same things. So I'm going to make every song differentiate for the others. Yeah. And once I figure that out, <laughs> which it, it doesn't really take too long, I'll start writing and really just write whatever comes to mind. Sometimes I'll go and look up um, quotes or like quotes from poems or um, quotes from songs or different like one quote I like to look up is Rod Wave. I like some of the stuff that he says, and I'll take like that and form a story based off that without using like necessarily the same um, words or like I try not to use, you know, plagiarize or anybody's stuff. Yeah. So I'll like incorporate other people's stories. Like, like if you tell me a story about your life, I will take those emotions and maybe listening to a beat, your story will come to mind and I'll write based off that. Me being in, trying to be in your perspective type thing. Now you, when you go to the studio, what's the vibe like? What's the vibe need to be like when you're in the booth? Or right, just in the studio period, not necessarily the booth though. Oh, it just all depends on me. Depends on you. Yeah, like I can you know, go into any. You know, some artists get their particulars they need at the studio. They got. They got oh no, we okay. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely need weed. I'm not gonna lie. Like I definitely need a blunt uh -huh. when I'm at the studio. A blunt and like I'm cool. Like it'll be, it's a vibe, but definitely the blunt. Like, 
Yeah. Now, it's some uh, water. Can you describe the difference between the music that you make today versus the music that you made, what, what, 2019 when you really <laughs> got started? 2020? I, I know it's not long, but you know, just I, has it changed any? Or is it still Ironically, when I first started dropping music, I was doing like the R&B wave, like mm -hmm. the R&B, like pop wave. And then I had transitioned into like more like rap ish style i guess you could say like i try to be more, like a rapper <laughs> i was trying to be a rapper guy i ain't gonna lie to you <laughs> i was trying to be a rapper <laughs> and like um yeah i mean I dropped one song back now on YouTube, has 15K. That one was like, you know, probably like the best rap song that I had made. And then, like, I went back into like my R&B, what I first started off with. Except this time, I've incorporated like rock in it. But I love all genres of music. And I've always, like, I have rock songs from years ago, like that I've written and that I've um, have recorded. So it was just kind of like, taking R&B and rock and mixing them together. Two things that I really enjoy, like two styles of music I really enjoy and kind of putting those together to create psychedelic R&B. Now, speaking on genre of music, I guess you kind of said it. You just <laughs> said it. I was going to ask you, what would you, what would you psychedelic categorize your music? Psychedelic R&B. Oh, no, yes, like hold up. Let me grab... George Clinton, a little bit of... Oh, no, I'm about to read you the definition. Let me grab okay. <laughs> I made like a whole definition for it. Let's go, let's go. That's so did you come up with that? Did you come up with that um that genre? Or is that something that is already out there that people kinda like say right now? Nah, it doesn't exist. Shit, you gotta copyright that. I already know. <laughs> I already know YSF over there on, on he already on top of it. On copyright that. Go ahead and copyright I that. Man. man, you know something. Time, speaking about copyrights, man, um y'all know the y'all know the the uh Black Power Fist. You know who owned that copyright? Who? David Banner. People be using it all, all types. Word. People don't even know David Banner Definitely. owned that copyright. I mean, he was all, he was always ahead of his time. Yeah. Though. And then uh, I was listening <coughs> to um, the um, what was it? The uh, Big Bang pop. What's what's with, with Big Bang? What is what's the podcast they Big got? Bang. Uh, yeah, 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 with all of them on there. Um, I was listening to the, uh, damn, what's the name of the podcast? I can't think, I can't think of it. It just slipped my mind, but I was listening to that. Charleston White was on there. He said he went and um, copywritten. He copywrote uh, Thug Life, Tupac's Thug Life, the whole thing behind that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the music type is psychedelic. I did psychedelic slash eccentric R&B, but I'm just going to stick with psychedelic R&B. Um, short for Extraordinary Rhythm and Blues, the definition is a form of music originating from African-American origi origins that arose during the 1940s from blues with driving ry rhythms taken from jazz with the addition of unique blends of music cadence and sound, musical cadence and sound to induce intensified sens sensory perception and feelings of euphoria. That's what's up right there, man. Yeah. So the blends, look, look, the blends, the blends include, but are not limited to soft rock, indie rock, hip hop, psychedelic pop tones, cadences, and inspirations. What about, um, 
So, so with your music, any Afro beats? Uh, there, yeah, there was Afro beat. It was Afro beat mixed with like a pop type beat. It was really a really, really, really dope song. Yeah, shout out to Danduza and Bree. Bree, she's a producer, dope producer. The track is absolutely crazy. Like it goes from like this, like you know, winding dun, 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 to this. Oomph, oomph, oomph. <laughs> that's the song right there. Yeah, that's hard. Heck that sounds yeah. like it's hard. Uh, reason why I asked is because I was just listening to um, the uh, the live Broadway uh, sh uh, soundtrack of uh, the show Fila. It was a, mm. it's, a, it's a Broadway called Fila, but you know the dude who did it. He's the uh, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's another one. These dudes from uh, these cats are from Nigeria. He's the dude who created the term and the whole. He created the whole term Afrobeats. But it's a oh, it's, it's a show. So he's the one. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's the one. He sings on that soundtrack, but that's from the movie. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more to it, but we'll, I, I put you, I'll let you I know you about it. Sometimes I'll be feeling so out of the loop. I don't yeah. watch much TV. And it's it's a little bit serious. older. I think it's a, it's like a '90s joint, but they've been yeah, doing a sure Broadway. They've been doing a they've been doing a little Broadway uh, play for for whatever. But the dude, uh, I forget his name, but he's the one who created the term Afro Beats. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's up. Um, I definitely got to up my game. I gotta. I be so in tune with me and what I got, but listen, I, I sometimes I feel bad because I feel like I should know more about things other than myself or, or what I got going on or first and foremost, the good Lord above, you know what yeah. I'm saying? That's what I try to learn most about. After that, I try to learn most about me and make sure everything around me is straight. I don't pay attention. I got tunnel vision or everything else and I should do better because there's a point in time where I was openly willing, learn, openly and willingly learning about things other than myself and what I wanted to do. Yeah. But it's like, shit, when you take so many losses, bro, you lock back in. And it's a toxic trait of mine. Sometimes I can become too locked in with myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You feel me? So some people are like, oh, that's amazing. It is to a certain extent, bro. But sometimes it can be very unhealthy because, you know, you forget that there's still people on this earth and God placed around you for a reason. So if you get too caught up in yourself, Mm-hmm. It's never any good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the other people that need your love. You know what I'm saying? It's the other people need to be around you and feel your energy. When there's a drain and when they low, you feel me? So I, I've been trying to do better at learning about things other than myself. Right. Recently, <laughs> my daughter kinda, you know what I'm saying, forces me to learn about her. I get so consumed in like her and then her. Yeah. That shit I put myself third now, you know what I'm saying? Her, her. Then self. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then self. So get to you later. You feel me? So having her around makes me she's twenty one, I'm thirty. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like having her around makes me like look at things from a different perspective. And then like between her and her, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And her mom, my patience has I I used to have zero patience, bro. Like zero. Now my shit is like I'm a totally different person. And Fast Cash Alley had a whole lot to do with that too. He yeah. called me to be very, very patient. And uh, between these two, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning. So this year, you gotta read more books. This is, cause I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, go read this book. Nigga, I'm out here actually active. 
Yeah. I don't need to read that information. <laughs> okay. I'm not being broke. You feel me? I'm acting. I don't need to read that information. I know that I ain't never experienced a lot of shit that other people in this life have experienced. I don't need to read that book for that. Right. You feel me? Like, fuck that. I don't need to know how this man got it and how these 28 men work. I'm trying to learn from okay. God who I am. My bad, bro. Mm. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, you smooth. <laughs> you good. Now, Brooke. Having a mentor in the music business or any profession profession is helpful, um, especially for when you need guidance in your career path. Who is a mentor um, that you lean on when you need sound advice or um, just some advice in general? Um, and name something that that mentor has given you about that about this industry. Um, Hood or Kip or my granny. Well, my granny, you said, like, personal, just lean on, period. Yeah, like, I'll be talking to my granny about, like, what kind of, what she thinks sounds good and stuff like that. And then my roommates and stuff. My now, uh, brothers and my now, sisters. Um, any advice that they gave you, that, you know, like, who has given you on the internet? Kip. So, Kip encourages me to, like, basically try to step outside, outside of my own lane and when i say that i mean like instead of he he encourages me to be like different to like be different with my sound be different with the verses be different like don't keep the same cadence on every single song type thing yeah. and then hood is like everything like i talk to him about everything you know having those people in the um behind you you know what i mean making sure that they support you and everything that you need to do is definitely good um resources let's talk about resources for a little bit um that's important in this music business it's important in just business in general people places platforms you know having you know being able to have access to those things um can help you put you in a position can you talk about some of the most helpful resources that you have had help you along the way i know it hasn't been long but you know what are some so of those resources i definitely want to say shout out shout out to um Kelly, uh, this is somebody from Visit Knoxville. She was the one who plugged me in for singing at the National Cyclist event mm -hmm. um, in Knoxville. She also plugged me in with like singing for the mayor a lot, and I got to sing for the Ice Bears hockey game. So um, she definitely pushed me along as far as like resources, because that opened up more doors for me just beyond like singing for the national anthem. Like it put me in a position to where I wrote, I had reached out and. Um, send my music and they were able to send my music off to places. Um, they were helping me with like different events that were going on out there for me to come out and perform at. Like it was just an amazing experience and that helped me, you know, guide, get up across my way. Kevin the Maker, which was kind of one of the, I guess you could say, he was a, it was an in-house studio, but it was more professional than like any studio that I had ever like been to at that time. So um, his guidance and just, encouraging me to be different and step more into like you know like the old school trying to bring the old school vibe back helped and then eventually i had met hood and yeah i met ali first and then i met hood yeah. <laughs> that's what's up right there now you said you you sung at the uh cyclist event it took place yeah. in knoxville yeah so it's like an olympic national cyclist so like all the cyclists from around the world all the olympic they go there and they race and yeah i got to sing three years in a row. All three years in a row? yeah sure. <laughs> and they're all on youtube this year uh last year they had shouted me out on instagram yeah yeah they posted me on their page that's what's up right there man. Yeah. i know you probably 
probably loving that right Heck there. Yeah. And now you said an ice hockey game. Is that a uh, is ice that a local, bears? Is that a local uh, local team? Yes, yeah, a local ho hockey team. And I ain't gonna lie, hockey. You gotta see it in person. That is some games? man. That's a sport. A games, man. As a matter of fact, when I went on the road with um, so I go when I with my TV degree or whatever you want to say when I get into the I used to shoot videos I used to be doing the same thing Floater was doing but now um I work reality TV so I would go nice. on the road for a couple of weeks with American Pickers when I went out there to um we went to uh Davenport Iowa we went out there to a uh, a hockey game so I was able to check that out so I think nice. I've been to a Predators game but have I been to a Predators game in Nashville I don't know I think I may have been to a Predators game for real? Yeah, but I, I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, um, definitely dope. You you right. Well, so what's your experience? What's, what's your experience? Oh, my experience is awesome. They love me, man. I got done singing. Everybody's, yeah, they banging on the glass, all types of stuff. And it was lit. I went in the little stand. They had me sitting in the front. Everybody was like, you sing so good. Oh, that was all turned, man. I was turned. I was lit. Like, it was turned. For real. Let's get into your career in music. Um, let's talk about some of the singles that you have released and some of the performances you have done. Now, you kind of hit on your performance already, but and I may uh, get back to a little bit of that, but I may not. Now, a year ago, you released a song and lyric video for um, Brag Now. Yeah. Um, that lyric video is currently sitting at 15K plus views. Yeah. What was the secret to your success behind that song and lyric video? Performing in Atlanta. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so when you performed in Atlanta, that's what shot it up? Yeah, is like, that everybody... First that... performances in Atlanta or what? Uh, yeah. Like, I had went on a six-month break because I was going through some stuff. Um, uh -huh. I got to open up for NBA Youngboy in 2018. Yeah? Yeah, so, 2018, um... I got to open... Nah, 2019. Yeah, the beginning of 2019, he came to Knoxville. So you know his DJ, his DJ from up here. Yeah, nah, yeah, I met him. Yeah, his DJ sure. is dope. But um, yeah, I got to open up Shout for him. Murph. Um, Shout out Murph. Shout out Murph. Shout out Diz too, one star studios. But um, yeah, that was kinda like performing and people like seeing my face, everybody tapped in for like the music and I had a lot of people who were sharing it too. And like, you know, I let it sit, and the more people that tapped into me, the more people that I met, the more times that I shared it. Oh, and I got it. Um, I was able to get it pitched on SoundCloud for a repost, uh, for a, um, a repost page, which is like one of the SoundCloud like main playlist pages, and they accepted it. That's so like, yeah. That's what's up, man. Out here working, <laughs> putting that, putting that work in, making it happen. Say, that's another single that you released along with the video. Uh, talk about that song. Um, and it seems like you were letting someone know that it's not much they can do without you. You know what I mean? And that so can you expand on that a little bit? Nah, um, it was more so like, you know, I I don't know about, you know, for you or anybody else, but I have, I guess you could say emotional attachment issues. Like I tend to get attached. And when I do get attached, it's like a deep, deep thing. And um it was kind of like, you know, me talking to me, basically telling me, like, you know that whatever situation that you're in is not the best situation for you. And it was kind of like me talking to me as if I were that person, you know, 
but it was me as a reflection. Like I'm, it's literally a reflection of me because you know your own battles are within you. It's never really nobody else. It's always you. But I was talking to me as if it was them, type thing. So, so, so the video um, was that what you were portraying in the video? Nah, in the video I wanted to portray more of like. Um, it being, it wasn't really too much visual of like you seeing the representation of me, but I kind of used like the blunt, cause I guess you could say I use smoking as a crutch a little bit. Mm -hmm. The blunt as a way and like me being like in my head, kind of like ignoring my friends, like that was like, you know, me having the battle internally. So the, when you were at the bus stop, the two people who were, who come up, like, those are friends? <laughs> yeah, that's CJ and Jalen. Yeah, Jalen my son, okay. CJ my brother. Jay, yeah, okay. shout out to my gang. Yeah, <laughs> That's right there. I, I didn't know if you I didn't know if he was the dude, if you was arguing with the dude or if it was something. Oh, no, nah, yeah, they together. Nah, they okay. together. Yeah, That's That's what's what's up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Now, who came up with the concept for that? Did you come up with the concept or did the uh, video uh, the video director come up with that? So the video director, I wanted to incorporate my friends in it just because it was like my first video and I kind of like wanted to I wanted them to be like a part of that experience because that's actually like we shot where, I, where my first crib is. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? It was like it was like a dope experience and I wanted them to be a part of that too. And like we were just trying to think of a way that we can incorporate them that makes sense. And they're just kind of like, oh, what if you walk up? And like at first he just kind of like did it and they took that and like ran with it. Uh, yeah, I see the other dude. Um, Shout out my brother Corey, you already know. He popped up in the video too. Uh, the other cat, he was listening to the... Uh, he was on. He was kind of like in there. He was on the what you call doing his thing or whatever. That was the. Was that one of your homies or roommates as well? Which one? That's the dude. He was kind of like a part of the video. Oh nah. So that's one of um. Uh, they call him Granddad, but he's a homeless man who's who's uh, out there. But he's super super cool. What's up? Now um, it's four fourteen a.m. What's on your mind, and what did you want to get out at that time? Could you repeat that question? I'm sorry. It's 4.14 a.m. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what did you want to get out? <laughs> Jeez. So, okay, you know the crazy part about it? It was actually 14, <laughs> 4.14 a.m. when I wrote the song. Uh, yeah, it was 4.14 a.m. Yes, and that's what okay. gave me, like, <laughs> that's what gave me, like, the idea to, like, label it. 414 because I actually wrote it at 414 like in my notes it'll tell you like time the first word was written it's 414 a.m and um I was high and I was like just kind of sitting back thinking and I get lost in my mind a lot and I realized that like a lot of people get lost in their mind a lot and I kind of wanted to express that in a way that wouldn't make you feel like you're in your head but like you know you're in your head, but it's awesome, like cool, like peaceful thing. Like it's not like chaos. Cause you know, some music, when you listen to it, like it'll make you feel all these emotions and usually you're overcome with like it's not like it doesn't leave you with like too much of like a bad feeling. Like you're enjoying like the song, but like when it's on some subconscious, like you know, deeper than just like listening to the music and enjoying it, like it's not giving you like good vibrations and I kind of wanted to create a song where it could incorporate that chaos, but not in a way that leaves you feeling like you're still empty. Like you'll listen to it and feel a little more satisfied. You know, at least you're not the only person who's running around in their thoughts, feeling like they they're lost. 
type thing. Now, um, as I was doing some homework, surfing, IG, you know what I mean, looking at YouTube, I came across uh, YSF Records' Instagram page, um, and I noticed that you are working on a project titled The Hurt Tape. Yeah. Um, what can we expect to hear on this project? Well, <clears throat> I'm not going to give too much away, but it's definitely telling a story. And um, it's definitely going to be some bangers and a vibe, just a whole an experience. Every track is going to be an experience, and it's not going to leave you feeling empty. That's like the best part about it. That's dope right there. I can't wait to hear that sound. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to have something on there, man. You've been up here working. Man, man, for so, real. Yeah, uh, Hood was telling me before we got here, y'all got 60 tracks recorded, so that's what you can Man, the crazy thing about it is I have over 350 songs written on paper sitting at my granny house <laughs> that I've written over the years. You ain't even used, huh? Nah. <laughs> nah. Putting in that work. And then some of the music that's out is like music that like I've already, some of the songs like I've wrote, you know, right there on the spot, but other songs like I've already had, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I kind of just tweak them or put the whole song to a beat. That's what's up. Thing. So yeah, got a lot of things involved. Now getting booked for shows and um, doing live performances, those things are essential um, to being an artist. Facts. It helps expand your fan base and it also puts your music in the faces of new consumers, um, new fans, new, you know, just new everybody. Um, and as I was doing my research again, um, I noticed that a few years ago you had the opportunity to perform on WATE News Channel yeah. 6. <laughs> Tell us about that experience. So, okay, um, at that time, I was doing a lot of um, events in my community, and I was working with children, so I actually got to get booked um, for the Highlander, which was where my mom was working at the time, and they had a private event for, like, all of the scholars from, like, around the whole USA, and they, like, came there. And I vibed out with them. I was getting books for after-school programs at a local elementary school music program um, because one of the directors had seen one of my performances at one of these little, uh, what, are, what are the little spots you like to call them? Um, it's not like a club, I guess a joint, like uh -huh. one of the little joint spots. Or the, I guess it's like <laughs> an old, <laughs> wait, but it looked like a joint, like a little yeah, joint, you know, like, yeah, like, Little juke joint. Yeah, facts, juke joint type um, <laughs> vibe. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like what it was like for real, for real. Now, after you did the performance there, what did that do for your career as an artist in your local community? I'm pretty sure it opened up more doors, most definitely. Right? Oh, no, most definitely. So, um, <clears throat> like I said, I was doing the little performances. Well, not little. I was doing those nice, big performances for all of those children. And how weight kind of got involved, like the news kind of got involved, which that really gave me a statement in Knoxville, was um, one of the directors at the Highlander um, had a connection with one of the writers on Living East Tennessee, and she was writing up an article. And at this time, I was releasing, I was getting ready to release one of my singles um, called Get a Little Close at the time, which was like an old school popular joint, but I had it on CD. Like, I would go and pass out CDs. Like, I was taking it old school, like, you know, passing out CDs to everybody. So everybody in Knoxville was knowing the song. Everybody was listening to it on their radios, like the older people, of course. Yeah. And um, I got it played on one of the local radio stations. And so she tapped in with um, one of the guys at the radio stations because she was there whenever they were doing, like, the song negotiation thingy because I wasn't there at the time. 
And um, she had reached out to me and was like, hey, I would like to do a segment on you. Like, I want to do a segment. I think you're dope. I think what you're doing is dope. I think um, your message is dope. And, like, you, the Afro is dope. Like, I think all of that is dope. And I want you to be a part of this. And it was just crazy how, like, once I did that first performance, like, they wanted me to come back again. You know, and it was just crazy. So I went on there three different times. Uh, <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was dope. It was crazy. So you done hit it a few times, huh? Yeah, That's yeah. hard right there. Facts. <laughs> That's hard, super hard. Man. It's good for artists, man, get out there, especially when your local news station, get more people uh, intertwined in what you have. Facts, yeah. Um, now, what do you consider to be your biggest competitor, or who do you consider to be your biggest competitor, and how, how are you different than your competitor? Myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm my biggest competitor because I feel like everybody, no one is the same, no one sees from the same pairs of eyes, no one's perspective in this world is the same as anyone's. So there is no competition, there is no need to compete with anybody else but yourself and excelling to your higher and your best ability. So I see myself as the biggest competition because I can hold myself back sometimes. I still have a lot of things that I have to work out and figure out with myself, but because I'm still striving to do those and I'm chasing my dreams in the process of dealing with those things because, you know, people don't give um, a lot of attention to like mental health and different things of that nature. I do. I'm a big advocate for it because it is definitely a big deal and that's a daily struggle for me on a daily basis is handling my emotions because I wasn't properly, I wasn't taught properly how to do those things. So I'm now teaching myself type thing. So I definitely see myself as my biggest competitor. I don't see anybody else's competition. If anything, I see them as inspirations because, you know, if they got to that level, that means that I could get to that level and succeed, surpass it, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, get that too. That's what's up, man. I always say that about going to uh, particular cities, man. You go to particular cities and you go there and when you see people who you identify with, you know what I mean, and see what they have, you can also, you know, kind of let you know that you can do the same thing too. So that's definitely dope. Now, a few more questions before we get up out of here. I know you've been working all day, been in the studio. Oh, I'm um, vibing. Been shooting videos with Florida and all of that. Um, how would you say that you are different you know, uh, this year than from last year? Um, mindset. My mindset um, and perspective on the world, how I view everything. Um, I can officially say that I am at peace within myself. I do at times, you know, get in my emotions, which is normal, like it's human nature. So I don't down myself when I get those. I allow myself to feel those emotions and then get over it type thing like whether it takes me a day a couple of hours like it is what it is like i'm gonna feel how i feel and then afterwards i'm gonna feel you know yeah. better type thing so how do you want to be remembered personally and artistically um <clears throat> how do i want to be i want to be remembered as someone who is relatable as someone who was that somebody for somebody who didn't have anybody type thing because i feel like i was one of those people who it took, a, it took too long for somebody to be there for me, I feel like, or give me some type of support that I needed or was searching for at the time, that fulfillment type thing. And I kind of want to be that push for everybody else. Because, you know, everybody just needs a push, like, literally. That's all you need is a push. It's, it's always something that someone says, like, oh, if I, money wasn't the issue or if this wasn't the issue or I didn't. So I want to be that person that 
all right, if that's the issue, then here's the, ex here's the solution. Now go chase your dreams and go pass on these blessings to everybody else. Simple as that. Dope. Dope. <laughs> What's one piece of advice you can share with my listeners? Life is what it is and literally do what makes you happy. Live with no regrets. And <clears throat> as long as you are happy with who you are and you realize that you are powerful within yourself, you can do anything. Now, throughout this conversation that we had, what's one of the biggest takeaways you want my listeners to learn about you, your music, whatever? <laughs> um, the biggest thing that I want people to take away from just me as a person, as from my career, from everything, is like no matter where you come from or what your background is, like you can chase your dreams and make things a reality type thing. That's what I kind of, I also want them to, you know, love the fact that I do music, good mu make yeah, good music in my personality. But like beyond just the music and all of that stuff, like on some real just advice, one on one thing, like anything to take from me, like literally. <laughs> You can do whatever you put your mind to. Like, there is no such thing as anything being impossible. Like, there is, <laughs> there's really, I don't, I don't want to speak too broadly and then, like, you know, create, like, bad, I guess not bad, but create conversation. But there is ex <laughs> barriers and, like, struggle and, like, a lot of things don't have to exist. It, it, it doesn't like it's life could be really really simple and I just want people to just chase their dreams and trust who they are and believe in themselves for real for real like spread love be genuine be who you are now a lot of artists always like to give out their Mount Rushmore who would you put on yours oh oh you talk about on the Mount Rushmore of artists XXX Tentacion because yeah, he just, yeah, that's just my favorite artist, like, overall, like, besides his music, just him as an individual, as a being, like, crazy good energy. He also encouraged me to chase my dreams, like, gave me the push that I needed, and I feel like, you know, I took his message, and I want to share my own message with people. So definitely X, Doja Cat is super, super dope. I think she is absolutely dope. Erica Badu, because, like, Duh, she's that girl. Oh, she's giving them five <laughs> Nah, like she's literally that girl. Um, Rico Nasty and Rihanna. Okay. Rihanna oh, yeah. pregnant by ASAP Rocky. What yeah. you think? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I know it ain't nothing. You probably just like, it is what it is. Oh, no, I'm happy for her because she, she found somebody. I didn't, you know, what's the crazy thing? I thought like, I honestly thought she was going to be single for a while. Like, I thought, I didn't think that she was going to, like, get into, like, the dating because she never was, like, flashy. Like, she's, she keeps things really professional, and that's one thing I really love about her. Like, you don't see any drama. You don't see too much about her. Like, yeah, in the blog, she, she keeps keep it, it low super low-key, and I love that. But her, like, coming out with ASAP Rocky, like, I just think it's cute because they've been knowing each other for, like, years, so it's kind of like... Loki, they probably been dating the whole time. <laughs> I think it's cute though, a cute little love story. Yeah, Most definitely. It's definitely, it's definitely one. So what's next? For, what's next for uh for Brazzy Brook? What's next? Man, what's next for me is showing the giving the world a light they've never seen before. Like we're talking big stages, hundreds of thousands of people in the crowds going crazy, a whole bunch of lives changed, and a lot of a lot of things turned good, I should say. 
Now, before you get out of here, where can my listeners learn more about you? Where can they find their music? Where, where can they find your music? Where they, where can they go follow you on social media sites? Drop all of that. All right, cool. So all of my social medias, all of my music platforms on YouTube, Apple Music, anything that you listen to, Android, iPhone, iPad, anything is Brazy, B-R-A-Z-Z-Y, Brooke. B-R-O-O motherfucking K. (laughs) Y'all know what it is. And the world that we live in can sometimes give us a distorted view. But here, it's all about having a clear view through conversation. So thank you for tapping in. You now see Brazy Brooke through my eyes. Peace, love, blessings. And y'all know what it is. This is season three of the world's illest podcast. The world's podcast. Hey, this your boy Ill Will. Make sure y'all tap into the World's Endless Podcast. And just to let you know, this podcast is powered by Audio Club Music. Don't forget to tap into the. Hey yo, hey yo! Don't forget to tap into Ultra Magnetic TV. The world, 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 the